Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Hillhead at the Grosvenor. As you know, our Minister Katrina is on leave this week, and so we're delighted to welcome our friend, the Reverend Francis Bloomfield, to lead our worship this morning. You'll remember, too, that Francis is the quite recently appointed convener of the Baptist Union of Scotland, so everything is new and exciting and probably a bit terrifying as well for Francis. So please remember her as she takes up and expands, really, this role for our union. It's... uh, a day when we don't have the screen, so just note that every... Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be back here. This feels like home from home, although Hillhead at the Grosvenor sounds awfully posh. <laughs> just like my new title sounds awfully posh as well. <laughs> it's not really that posh. I thought as we had our call to worship this morning and approached coming to the Lord in song and prayer and message, we would pray. So let's pray together. God of all, as we come to worship you this Sunday morning, we may have perplexed our anxious hearts following recent events. But we choose to stand together this morning and declare that our hope is still in you. And for this, we give you thanks We give you thanks for your son Jesus and what he means to us. We give you thanks for your Holy Spirit who is here with us. Our comforter, our advocate, our empowerer and the one who leads us into all truth. And as we think of those who have gone before us in faith, we give you thanks for all who have prayed as part of this church community over its many years of existence. We give you thanks for all those whose gifts are living legacies to us here today, for all those whose work we are adding to. Thank you for every aspect of the ongoing ministry of your people in this place. May your kingdom come this morning, here in our hearts, here in Glasgow, here in our country, here in your world. Amen. I thought we'd start this morning with a very rousing hymn of faith, one that despite the circumstances of this last week, reorientates us into who is ultimately in control. So if you're able, let's stand together and sing, Jesus is Lord, creation's voice proclaims it. Thank you, Paul.
bit. We now come to our prayer of approach this morning. I'm going to start and then towards the end I'm going to invite you to join with me in saying the Lord's Prayer together as a community of God's people. And don't worry if I say the wrong words from the way you know it. It doesn't matter. We'll muddle through. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we lay aside our busyness this morning and pray for your rest. We lay aside what is perhaps our distractedness today, maybe our worrying, maybe our perplexity, and we pray for your peace. We lay aside any dissatisfaction that we may feel this morning and we pray for gratitude. We lay aside our fears and pray for courage. We lay aside any divisions and pray for unity. We lay aside everything that separates us from you and pray for your blessing upon us this morning. We're sorry, gracious Lord, for separating prayer and worship from our daily lives, for being thoughtful when we come to worship, but perhaps a little thoughtless when we go to work, for listening to your voice in scripture, but perhaps not listening to others at home, maybe for praying for the needs of the world, but perhaps ignoring these needs when it becomes too costly. Forgive us. Help us to live as we pray and pray as we live after the example of Jesus. This worship hour is here for us this morning to let go of all that weighs us down and praise you for new beginnings. It's here in which to lay aside differences and praise you for new friendships. It's here to help us let go of all that holds us back and praise you for new opportunities. This hour is here for us as a community to be together and to share with each other in confident faith, praising you for the ministry you entrust to us. This hour is here for us to live through together and together to learn to live as we pray. And so now, following the teaching of your son on prayer, we pray the prayer that he taught his very first disciples. Our Father, who is in heaven, be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, the power and the glory.
do, do indicate if I'm not speaking up properly. I'm going to move this out of the way because I feel as if it's getting in the way of me seeing you all. I'm now at this, I think you call it starting together part. And my sermon this morning is actually in two parts. So this is part one of the sermon, which is really more suitable for the children. But that's okay. We can all be kids together. And I'll ask some of you to be children and help me out later on. My all-age uh, talk, or starting together talk this morning, is called God's Special Plans. And we've been hearing about some of God's special plans, haven't we? Can I move this as well? <laughs> that's really annoying me too. Never mind. God's special plans. We've been hearing about it and his plans in creation. He must have had lovely fun making all he did when he created the earth and all that's in it. The sun's shining. It's making me think of holidays. So I thought of a lovely picture from the Outer Hebrides. Isn't that lovely? When God makes a scene like that and we see it, don't we just think it cries out, creation must have been something other than the Big Bang? <laughs> I don't know. I've got another one here. That's the Outer Hebrides. I don't know what, where this one is off, but isn't that amazing that God can make scenes like that? And they're right here in Scotland. I don't know where, but it's in Scotland. Is it Glencoe? Ah, thank you. I wasn't quick enough. To, when I was taking the picture off the internet, I didn't look at what it said. I just copied it. So Glencoe, it's lovely, isn't it? Beautiful. Or maybe we think of the flowers that God's created. Do you ever look at just a simple rose and wonder how, how God created the petals to interleave and the beauty that is there? And then the animals, and this is where I thought I might have the children interested. How do you like this one? God had special plans for this one. It's called, now wait for it, axolotl. And it's a Mexican walking fish. And God and his plans had special plans for this fish. It doesn't swim, but it lives in the water. It walks along the bottom of some lakes around Mexico City. And in his special plans, when it loses a limb, this particular little chappy can actually regrow its limbs. Isn't that amazing? God's special plans for this one. I think it looks a bit like Pokemon, don't you? <laughs> Do you like it, Bonnie? <laughs> He's strange. He's got funny beady eyes. Pokemon does too, I seem to recall. But there's a special person, and this is the, the thing, the question that is answered by every Sunday school child right away. Who was the special person that God sent that he had a special plan for? Jesus. Jesus. Well done. Ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> and he sent Jesus at a special time, and we celebrate it every year at Christmas. And then I don't know about how Katrina does it, but do you talk about his ministry in the months following Christmas? Do, we, do you talk about his baptism and his ministry and how he came up to Jerusalem? And how, and I think it's the Apostle Paul that tells us, at the right time, the right time for everyone, you, me, and everyone, he died on a cross. Then three days later... He, of course, rose again at what we celebrate as Easter. And I was going to go on and say to the children, but that wasn't the end of the story as far as Jesus' disciples were concerned. They met Jesus again in resurrected form for a time that Dr. Luke tells us at the beginning of Acts was about 40 days. And then one day, 
something else happened. Another special event. Do you know what it is? We celebrate it today. Do you know what Sunday this is? It's Ascension Sunday. And on that day, although the disciples had been told, Jesus is going to go back to heaven because it's the Father's special plan for Jesus. They, of course, were probably quite perplexed as Jesus, whoosh, went up in a cloud and they didn't see him anymore. And just to prove that I'm very up to date with the news that happened yesterday, even if they'd had one of these, I don't think they would have seen Jesus. Do you know what this is? The extremely large telescope. The extremely large telescope. What are they going to call the next biggest one? <laughs> I was trying the mega, mega telescope. Yes, this is being built in the Atacama Desert in Chile. Even if the disciples had something as powerful as the European extremely large telescope, they wouldn't have seen Jesus because he was hidden by a cloud and Jesus wasn't there in the sky anyway. He was back with heaven as part of God's special plan. Now, I'm wondering if I can get the children. Bonnie, would you like to come and help me with mummy? And maybe there's some other children like Lena. <laughs> and maybe Anne would help us. I've got some jigsaws here, and I want you to do the jigsaws. Bonnie's probably best with the one at that far edge there, the green one. Tell me or tell everyone what's wrong with these jigsaws. is not actually important in itself. It's what's wrong with them that's important. Aha, we're getting there. Very well done. Mm. Mm. Bonnie, what's wrong with your jigsaw? Do you know? It's wrong with Lena's and it's wrong with Anne's as well. Can you see? There's a piece missing and it's an endy piece as well. I wonder if that reflects how the disciples felt when Jesus went whoosh up into the sky. They were maybe thinking, how on earth does this fit with God's plan? They couldn't see the end. And often, that's like it is for us. We can't see the end. But there is one who does. And that's God. And he asks us to put our trust in him. Even when we go through dark times, even when we're going through difficult times and we can't understand how this could be part of God's special plan, yet ultimately it is. So let's complete the jigsaws because God knows how his special plans work out. Well done, Bonnie. (laughs) 
And now we're going to sing an absolutely lovely song that Paul helped me choose that reflects these final thoughts that we've just had. <coughs> Thank you, Paul. Let's stand to sing. In the bulb there is a flower, in the seat an apple tree. At last, there you are. Where have you been? Where are the others? And what have you been doing all this time? You've been away for <coughs> ages and we were worried about what might be going wrong. Well, I don't know if I have any words that could describe what has just happened. The others are not far behind us. They will be here in a moment. What did you make of it all, Philip? I'm not sure I can describe what has just happened either. And I don't know what to make of it. It's got me puzzled. Have you seen Jesus again? Well, yes, we did see Jesus. But I have a feeling we won't be seeing him again 
Why have some not? time? He said he's going to send someone else. Someone else? Who? Why could Jesus not stay with us himself? He said he had to go back to his Father in heaven, but he's sending the Holy Spirit to come upon us. The Holy Spirit? Well, maybe you better try and explain what happened when you were with Jesus today. We need to try and understand this too. Well, we were with Jesus, and we were asking him if he was now going to restore the kingdom of Israel. And he said, it wasn't for us to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But Jesus did say that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us, and that we would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Then what happened? He was taken up into the sky before our very eyes, and then a cloud hid him from our sight, and we couldn't see him anymore. We looked and looked up into the sky, and then Suddenly, there were two men dressed in white standing right beside us. They asked us, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have just seen him go into heaven. And Jesus was gone? Yes, but he said he's coming back. We just don't know how when or how it will be when he does come back. And, and meantime, the Holy Spirit is to come upon us. I think this Holy Spirit will be our helper until Jesus comes back. I wonder what the Holy Spirit will be like. He must be something amazing if he can help us go out and tell people about Jesus all the way to the ends of the earth. Yes, Mary. I am sure this Holy Spirit will be amazing, and I am sure God knows what will happen when Jesus comes back, even though we can't see the whole of his special plans right now. Mm. I think if we're not to be able to see Jesus with our own physical eyes anymore, then all we can do is live our lives trusting Jesus that he and his Father have everything in hand, and pray for God's kingdom to come here on earth. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power for ever and ever. Amen. Sermon Part 2 I set out with my texts and the theme for this morning's service and my title for the sermon God's Plans and Living in Prayer for the Coming Kingdom before the dreadful events of last Monday night at the Manchester Arena The texts that we've had brought to us this morning and many thanks to Jeff and the actors for bringing them to us in such a realistic manner, our lectionary readings that are set down for today. And while I don't always use the lectionary, I don't know if Katrina does, I have talked to ministers who always use it week by week. And they tell me that regardless of what is happening in the world, there's something in God's word that's in each lectionary text that speaks and ministers to God's people in the context of what they're experiencing collectively as the body of Christ. I was just speaking at another event a week ago on Saturday as part of my job with the Baptist Union. And I said, God's word never returns void. And its nature of being living and active never ceases to reveal itself to us as much as it did in the times it was written, so it does in the times that are our now times here today. Maybe I need to be just a bit more careful about what I say when I preach because I sat with the particular text I'd chosen for this morning on Tuesday morning and I I pondered before the Lord, what on earth do I speak about now? How do I bring these particular words of scripture to our now time? How do I minister to your people, Lord, in the midst 
of collective horror and fear at what more evil can possibly happen as a result of the hands of those who are misguided enough to think that indiscriminate terror inflicted on innocence is a way to get their views across, whatever these views and whatever their ends may be. And then on Wednesday, as a result of uh, another job I do, I've got a few jobs going. (laughs) One of my other jobs is working with the church's ministerial counselling service. This service isn't part of BUS, or rather BUS is not part of it, but BUGB most certainly is, and it's actually a service that has come out to ministry, uh, to ministers and ministry families out of BUGB, and it's still, its head office is still in Didcook. And I was talking to an Anglican vicar. My patch, my job is an area coordinator. My patch is Shetland to the Humber, or Cheshire on the other side. Just a little patch. Mainly I deal in the north of England, and mainly I'm dealing with ministers from 14 different denominations. We have a panel of very experienced psychotherapists who are um, the consultants that oversee it. And what we do is we arrange to put Uh, ministers or their families in touch with counsellors where there is need. Well, on Wednesday, we had a minister who needed trauma counselling. So I had to phone a psychotherapist who happens also to be an Anglican priest. And I had a long discussion with him and he told me the results of evidence from the Twin Towers in New York were that people don't need trauma counsellors right away. What they need is to gather together as community and hold each other, and share what's happened, and be with each other. And of course, that's what we've been seeing on the news as the people of Manchester join together. But this psychotherapist is also a priest, and he said to me, but there's something more that the community of God have. When something like this happens, we can get together, we can embrace our faith afresh, and we can communicate to others our hope. Because our hope is something that lies beyond the missing pieces of the jigsaw puzzle of life that is scattered in disarray after something of high trauma like happened at Manchester on Monday night occurs. God is not thrown by such events. He most certainly did not plan them. But in the midst of the reality of them, he draws us, his people, back to his word, a word which tells us we have a hope that lies beyond anything that can happen in this world, a hope that is eternal and therefore cannot be removed from us by any force abroad in this physical world. It may seem trite to say it, but we need to look up and following the words of the chorus of the old hymn, turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I've been a student a few times round, first time round, <laughs> many moons ago. I read a book and I know there is a song that has this title in its title, but it wasn't the song that I remember. I remember the book. And I only remember it for its title. I cannot remember what it was about. But the title was, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. 
And I'm wondering if that's what we need to remember as followers of Christ this morning. God never promised us a rose garden in this life. What he promised was and is a life with him in eternity. So it came to me that what we need to do this morning is firstly to hold together as the community of God's people in the embrace of the truth of our faith. Faith, according to the writer to the Hebrews, Hebrews 11 verse 1, is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. He goes on, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? He asks rhetorically and then answers himself. Only he, brackets or she, close brackets, who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Secondly, having embraced the truth of our faith once more, we need then to confidently turn outwards in our daily lives, knowing afresh this morning that we have been given a helper. One who, as I prayed later, is our comforter our empowerer, the one who John's gospel tells us leads us into all truth. The one who I have heard described, and it's really helped me understand the work of the Holy Spirit, the one who is God to us in receivable form, the Holy Spirit. And it's in his power that we need to live our lives, not in fear, but in prayer for God's kingdom to come in every situation in which we find ourselves in our daily lives. We, like those disciples we've talked about earlier, are God's witnesses, Jesus' witnesses. The only difference for us is that Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria may for us be Hillhead, Kelvin Side, the West End, the north side, the south side, Glasgow, Scotland, and beyond, wherever he takes us. This morning, I've been very conscious of the beautiful words of a Brian Durrickson worship song. I don't know if you know it, Faithful One. Do you know it? Anyone know it? It's got a beautiful tune, but I ain't going to sing it to you. <laughs> Here's what it says. Faithful One, so unchanging. Ageless one, you're my rock of peace. Lord of all, I depend on you. I call out to you again and again. I call out to you again and again. You're my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. All through the storm, your love is the anchor. My hope is in you alone. The very well-known scripture from Lamentations about this same hope is embossed on the front cover of my Bible, just sitting down here. Lamentations 3, 21 to 24. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Then over in another very familiar passage, let's take comfort from the words of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 to 13. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
plans to give you a hope and a future, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So this morning, as we go out from our time of worship here, may we be encouraged by the words of Peter in his first letter to cast our anxieties on God, for he does indeed care for each one of us. We need to realize it's no surprise to God that our enemy, the devil, is prowling around, seeking whom he may devour. We need to accept that, yes, we may have to suffer But then Christ did before us, and he is our exemplar of love. And we need to believe that throughout all, God says he will keep us steadfast, firm and strong. May we follow the prayer of St. Francis and asking God to make us channels of his peace. Where there is despair in life, let us bring hope. Where there is darkness, only light. And where there's sadness, ever joy. And may we therefore today in God's ultimate, trust in God's ultimate plans, embrace each other in the faith that we share and give ourselves afresh to prayer for God's kingdom to come. Knowing that in all we do, there is one who is with us by his Holy Spirit, Jesus, whose name is also Emmanuel, God with us. I'd like to close with a a prayer from this lovely book. It's a book of photographs from the Isle of Lindisfarne and poems and sayings that have a very Celtic theme to them. This one's called God with us. God our beginning, God our goal, God our journey. God in our soul. God our pathway, God our light. God our guidance, God our might. God our yearning, God our friend. God our hope and God our end. Amen. We're going to sing again a beautiful old hymn. Let's stay seated as we sing it. Breathe on me. Breath of God. Thank you.
In our prayers of intercession this morning, we have a communal response. When I say the words, through our lives and by our prayers, we may respond together, your kingdom come. Uh, We'll begin with a response, and after that, there will be four such responses. And so we listen for God. Let us pray. Lord, through our lives and by our prayers, your kingdom come. Let us hold before God all those who the ascended Christ calls to follow him. When faith is great, when faith is little, when faith is sure, and when faith clings on by its fingernails, when faith sees clearly, and when faith is enveloped in fog, when faith brings reassurance, and when faith brings challenge, when following is easy, and when following brings conflict. Both those who follow Christ with a firm tread and those whose step is unsteady. So that amongst the community of those who try to follow, joys may be celebrated and tears may be shed. That all may be welcomed, young and old, seeker and stranger, that God's kingdom may be both sought and lived. Lord, through our lives and by our prayers, your kingdom come. Let us hold before God all those to whom the ascended Christ offers his kingdom. The abused and the exploited. The destitute and the dispirited. The homeless and the hungry. The lonely and the unwelcome. The powerful and the rich. Lord, through our lives and by our prayers, your kingdom come. And in the midst of this current general election campaign, let us bring to God those conditions in which we long to see the ascended Christ reign. Where conflict is a reality and peace but a dream where greed is honoured and generosity mocked, where injustice reigns and justice is trampled underfoot, where the powerful are heard and the powerless ignored, 
where people are discriminated against for whatever reason, where the earth is abused. Lord, through our lives and by our prayers, your kingdom come. And at the end of a week in which hundreds have died as a result of indiscriminate violence, let us hold before God the victims and the families for whom the ascended Christ weeps as a result of the bombings, the shootings or the airstrikes in Afghanistan, in Egypt, in Iraq, in Syria and in Manchester. Lord, through our lives and by our prayers, your kingdom come. Lord, hear us, we pray, through Christ, the risen and ascended one. We continue in our prayers, in the giving of an offering for the advancement of your kingdom.
together to bless the offering. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless these monetary gifts. May both they and us be used in the service of your coming kingdom. For we ask this in your Son's name, even Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We're going to close our service now with a wonderful song. I didn't actually know this, but it's number 73 in your common ground. And I just looked at it when I was preparing the service and thought, what a wonderful way to end our time together this morning. Look forward in faith. Let's stand to sing. and courageous. May we be gentle in prayer and compassionate. May we be silent in prayer and speak out. And now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest and remain on each one of us and all whom we love now and forevermore. Mm -hmm.